Good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, my name is Lucas Fernandez Paz. I'll be uh, speaking this morning. I'm not Zach, just in case uh, someone says Zach. I know I'm Lucas. Uh, if I don't know you, if, if I haven't a chance to meet you, I'm usually on Sunday mornings in Lake Carroll. So this is special for me to be here this morning. I am grateful for Pastor Paul for the opportunity he asked me to preach God's word this morning. I'm grateful for the leadership he provides for the church, for our staff. But also I'm, I'm grateful for the encouragement that he has been to my life and to my family. So thank you, Pastor Paul, for entrusting me this hour. And uh, I'm excited to be sharing this topic this morning. It, it, it just means a lot. This series has been very special. Just a little bit about myself. Uh, I was born and raised in Argentina. So you pick, pick up an accent, that's where it comes from. Now, uh, if you sense that you don't pick up an accent, that's because I had great teachers. If you don't pick up a southern accent, it's because I finished high school in upstate New York. So that's where all this part comes from. But I'm grateful to God for his grace in my life. Um, later did I know that in 2012, I was just thinking about that. I was sitting there in 2012 in this same room. I was sitting right there uh, with my wife. We've been married nine years. From Argentina, we came to spend our honeymoon in San Pete Beach. What were the chances? And we were visiting some friends in the area, and we said, where, hey, where are we going to go to church? And I've known Paul for 20 years, and I said, let's go to Temple Terrace. And we sat right there because something happened, and the, there was no power or something, so we were in the same room. So I'm amazed that I'm here. I'm amazed that in the same room, I'm standing uh, nine years later. Uh, we have a five-year-old boy in the house. His name is Mateo, was born in Texas. We have a Floridian, Oliver, was born a year ago here in Tampa. So we have a girl on the way, so pray for us. February, we're looking for names. Any suggestions? We're open for that. So God has been good, and we love living here in Florida and serving in this church. It means so much. But the thing about that is that's where I come from. But know this. Uh, we are going through this series. It's called Teach Us. And we, when the disciples were spending time with the Lord Jesus Christ, they had this desire and this request. Lord, teach us. You've been modeling us. We see the power in you. Show us. Teach us. Mold us. We, you just have to have something in you to have that uh, desire to be teachable. It's not something that's forcing you, but it's just a desire. And as we've been going through this, I want to pray once again, although we've been praying, that God will teach us this morning what is it that we are supposed to learn. So pray with me. Dear God, I pray in this very hour you will speak to us. You will shape our hearts. You will renew our minds. You will change us. You will transform us. You will encourage us. Lord, we want to learn from you. We want to learn from your word. Speak to us, Lord. And I pray this morning that you would teach us, just like you taught your disciples when you pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thou is the kingdom, that power, and the glory forever. Amen. You know, that is, that is kind of special because all this in the text is something that we can pray. And this morning, I want us, as we're looking through this series to teach us, 
quickly, if you haven't been following, we have seen three aspects of seeking God's face. First of all, we saw our Father in heaven. That's the part we relate to him as a father. And we say, you are holy, creator God, and I'm not. Then we said, hallowed be your name. We are to honor him as the king. And we say, you're the throne, and I'm not. And then last week we said, kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's the part we said, Lord, use us. You design this kingdom. Let us serve you as our Lord. That's the three parts. And, and one of the commentators, Andrew Henderson, says, hey, before you seek God's face, seek, uh, before you seek his hand, seek his face. Because we rush through the part of asking, but what about the part of acknowledging who is God in our lives? And, and we kind of know that. We've been seeing that. And today I want us to focus in Matthew. I want to open Matthew because we're going to be in a few verses. And there, Matthew chapter 6, that's one of the segments. And verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. That's a short verse. Give us this day our daily bread. So as we've been seeing about this request, this is a fourth petition. This is a fourth aspect of this prayer that when the disciple says, Lord, teach us how to pray. He modeled this prayer. He placed a model about some aspects. And it's not by coincidence. It's not by chance. But he's changing now from seeking God's face to seeking his hand. And he's showing us that prayer is not personal. It's not only personal, but it's not also private. We can pray together, seek his face. If you can walk out of here with this one idea, the big concept, the big thought, the big idea about Matthew chapter 6 is this. We have a God who meets all of our needs. In fact, through Jesus, he wants to be all you need. Think about for this for a second. That's kind of rephrasing, putting all those thoughts together. We have a God who meets all of our needs. In fact, through Jesus, he wants to be all you need. As we look Matthew 6, 11, I want us to see three aspects from God's perspective. Because this prayer, we're asked coming to the Lord, saying, God, give us this day our daily bread. And there are three aspects I want us to see from God's side as we come to him with this prayer. First of all, God delights in our asking. He takes pleasure in our asking. Because that part is give us. It's so short. Give us. It's not demanding. It's not begging. It's an honest petition. It's an honest request to come before the Lord and say, Lord, give us this day. It's a perspective from God because sometimes we are afraid to ask for things to some people if we don't really know them. If we don't know their background, if we don't know their economic situation, or if they're going through something, that asking part is kind of complicated. It's awkward. It's sometimes embarrassing. But with God, if we stand in God's perspective, it's not that God is running out of resources. That God is running out of stock. That God is low and empty on things for us. But from God's perspective, if he has everything that we need, if he has everything that we desire, he wants us to ask. And he'd search for that personal 
relationship with us. It's not only about the asking for things because he has everything, but about, about that relationship that I have with God as a father. See, Psalms 50.10 says, he owns a cat over a thousand hills. God is not that ATM that I punch a code and I want something back. He's actually the manager and the owner of the bank who wants me to walk in there, sit with him in the office, and actually say, how are you? Not just give you things. He wants to know, and he already knows. He wants to have that personal connection and relationship with him. So it's not about the things. It's about the relationship. It's not for any chance. If you flip that, I got one page here. I'm reading out of the ESV. Matthew 7. Check out Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if your son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? How much more? If, we, if you're thoughtful for that gift on Christmas, on your birthday, or when your son is asking for something, you want to give him good things, how much more in God's greatness and goodness can he give us things? You know what I love about this picture here? That in all those things that you know, God would have said, Jesus would have said about prayer, he didn't draw a picture of a king. He didn't say, if you, as Lord, a servant comes to you. He could have said that, but he didn't. He gives a picture of a father and children, with whom of your children. Those of you who are parents, who have gone through that process, or who have survived that process, or are going into that process, you know about that asking part. When they're little ones, man, they completely depend on us. And sometimes they ask for things. They're not good, but sometimes, man, they ask for anything. And yes, you want to you wanna provide for them. You want to give them that one thing. Now, when you, I, I learned this from you people out there who are grandparents. I learned this lately. So when you become an adult, you know, you're more independent. You're financially on your own. You can ask for help, but you got to learn how to manage things. But I learned this. When you got kids, things change. Because now I can go to my father, to my dad, and ask for something. And he'd be like, okay. But if I ask something holding my one-year-old and he's smiling, boy, does that change things. I can ask for anything. Amen, Amen right? <laughs> so, man, when we ask in that good, healthy relationship with your earthly father, how much more with God? Pastor Paul, a few weeks ago, mentioned about this relationship when we pray our Father in heaven. And some people, some families, some individuals have a distorted a picture of this because they haven't had a good experience here on earth with an early father. Because sin got in the way, broken relationships. But in a, this picture of a good, healthy relationship, God is drawing this picture and saying, how much more can I give you? If you would only ask. And we can pray, God, give us. He takes that delight when we ask. He takes that precious delight. Think about this part. He can provide anything. He already knows. He already knows your needs. 
I mean, I'm not making this up. Look at the text right there. Because in, in Matthew 6, he says, uh, do not let them. Uh, it says, when you pray your father who knows your need before you ask. Verse 8. He knows your need before you ask. So if he knows your need, if he already has the resources, all he's waiting for is for us to ask. For us to come before him. Not about the things, but about to spend time with him. And he will show that he cares. And that's when we build their relationship. Think about Genesis 22. In Genesis 22, real quick, it's that moment that um, God had promised to Abraham and Sarah. said, I'll make you out of your nation, out of people. And they kind of laugh because they say, we don't have kids. We're too old. And God provided a son for them, Isaac. And in Genesis 22, God said, hey, you know that son that I, that I gave to you? I want you to go to Mount Moriah. I want you to sacrifice him. And the Bible says that he got early. They walked three days. And when they're on the way, his son said, okay, dad, I see the wood. I see that we're going to make fire. Where's the lamb? Abraham did not answer well, you're going to be the sacrifice. Verse 8, the Bible says, they, they said, My son, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burning offering. God has everything we need. He already knows everything. He's just waiting for us to ask about this. If, if for some reason you think, okay, what kind of gifts, this, that's, what kind of gifts is God giving me? Look at this, John, James chapter 1. James 1, verse 16 and 17 says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. What kind of gift? Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. There's no other kind of gift that God gives you but a good and the perfect and the exact thing that we need. Well, if you're thinking, what kind of gifts is God giving to me? Here's the thing. God gives food to the hungry. God gives strength to the one who's tired. God gives hope to the hopeless. God gives wisdom to the one who makes the decision. God gives peace to the one in trouble. God gives answers to the doubter and seeker. God gives guidance to the one who's lost. God gives health to the one who's sick. And we can go on and on. But here's the thing. God gave his son to the one who's lost. God gave his son to the one who's dead so we can have spiritual. Praise God for that. God gave his son. Think about that for a second. There's so many things he can give. But God gave his son. He gave him for you and for me. Hold on to that thought. Put it aside. Think about that for a moment. Now, maybe you're out there and thinking and wondering, I've been asking for things to God. But he's not answering. Have you ever thought about that? I asked for something and he's not answering to me. Well, there are a few things. Maybe that's the reason why. We don't know it, but we can assume. First of all, if you're not putting God first, he's not going to answer that. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things are going to be added unto you. Maybe you're from from God. Maybe you're not living for the Lord. Why would God provide a meal and strength so we can live a hidden life. God wants to provide and wants to give something so we can have the strength to honor him. 
Think about what James chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 said. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend in your own passions. See, we ask out of our own desire. But God is saying, I'm not going to give in to that. I want to give you something that's a good and perfect gift. You know, and, and that part of give us, it's not, Lord, give me. It's give us. It's just that part of like our Father. This is, we're all in this together. When I was little, I remember there were some American missionaries uh, where I live, and, and, and we wanted to go fishing. And we, we had like cheap old fishing poles, right? And we, I live by a lake. And we used to go there. So sometimes there was, I remember one missionary, uh, I think he's, he, he, was, he was out of New York. And he had a cool fishing, I mean, pool. I, I just remember that. And I was about eight, nine, maybe ten with my friends. And I remember saying, hey, let's go and ask him for the fishing pool. And so we were, it was, I would hang out with two or three of my buddies. We were like really little. We lived more in the countryside. So we would walk to this area. And we were always negotiating and saying, okay, this is true. I mean, we were saying, okay, I knocked. You started the conversation, and we're like, and you do the ask. That was the plan. Because the asking part was a hard one. We were trying to set up. So, okay, you ask him. No, no, you knock. And we were negotiating that part. And when we got there and said, sir, would you let us borrow your fishing pole? And you know what he did? And we gave it, he gave it to all of us. And this specific concept is also part of that. When you ask, you're asking for other people. It's part of that loving your neighbor as yourself. It's part of being aware there are others in need. It's, it's that part of that Adrian Rogers talks about, what if in heaven there's this, this one room full of boxes, full of stuff and things and provision that no one asked for, that no one came and requested that for someone else? What if we just sit here and not ask and we don't have because we're not asking God for what we need but here's the thing it's not only about asking he's coming before God he's opening our hearts because he already knows he already knows he can give he will give he wants to give and he delights to give when we ask so think about that for a moment think about that in second place Matthew 6 talks about he desires our daily dependence. He desires our daily dependence because he says, give us this day. Give us this day, Lord. See, now, here's a part that kind of introduces this part of a time, a time frame, subject of time, because for God, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. He's absent from time, but for us, we're limited to time. First, no, we have lived longer. Some of you have lived longer than others. And that's a concept in the Old Testament, Genesis 1, 5. It's a first mention about a day. Because God called the day, a light day and the darkness called night. And there was an evening and there was a morning on the first day. Already in the first chapter, he talks about this concept of day. In verse 14 of John, in Genesis 1, says he sets seasons and he marks days and years a division because when we have a conversation you might ask him hey how many days have you lived right that's that's a lot of numbers we say hey how old are you uh, 
You're aging. How many, we don't say how many years you had. We say how old are you? We're talking about this age concept, time. But the concept in the Old Testament, especially for the Jewish community, life was not about years. It was about days. Days. There's so many verses in those Psalms. Lord, help us to count our days so we might acknowledge wisdom, right? Think about this. Genesis 5.13 is the first time that there's a record of someone who died. And it says, thus all the days of Adam lived were 930 years. And he died full of days. That first, all the days of Abraham, all the days of Moses, all the days of Enoch. Before introducing the years, talks about the days because that's a part of life. Our day in and day out. So what's a day? It's at midnight at 12 o'clock. For the Jewish concept, it's when the sun rises to the sun sets. When you wake up one morning to you go to sleep. When you have the breath of life. He did, God placed this concept of time primarily to speak spiritual truth to us. To understand that there are things we do every day, every day, every day. He desires our daily dependence on him. Daily dependence on him. Uh, that dependence is when we rely on him, when we rest in him, knowing that he's going to be there, that we can come before him. He said, when I, when I rely on him, I'm hurting, I place myself in here, I'm relying on this, this is going to lift me up. That's the rely on this. Now, the challenge of this is when I don't come before God, what am I thinking? Why do I not come before God in prayer? Because I can do it. I'm strong enough. I'm skilled enough. But when we are in trouble, that's when we realize I got to depend on someone else. I got to depend on someone else. The challenge in this is there's something that kind of saps and takes away our desire of dependence in a daily way. You know what steals that dependence? One of the things, one of the things is anxiety. We're troubled. Because things are uncertain and we don't know how they're going to unfold. I just don't know. I'm in trouble. I need an answer. I need guidance. And I cannot enjoy this day. I cannot make it through this day. That's why it's in this day that we must depend on him. It's when we feel worried, nervous, unease. It's typically about a moment, a situation. Something is coming. Situations kind of shape us and we rely on those. But if we lift our eyes... We really realize there's a God out there who loves you and loves me on a daily way. And he wants us to come before him. If you flip that, uh, just a, a page uh, at the end of Matthew chapter 6, check out verses 25 and 26. It's not by chance that it's there. It says, therefore, I'll tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What will you eat? What will you drink? Nor about your body, what will you put on? It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds in the air. Neither, they neither sow nor they reap nor they gather in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? See, it, you don't have to go that far. Even if we go to the beach here, uh, in whatever beach you go here in, in the Florida and the, and the coastline, you're not going to find those seagulls, the lovely seagulls, right? When they wake up, they're not in trouble like, man, our family's going to show up to do a picnic today. Uh, it, they're just, they just carry on life. 
They do their work. They got to fly around. But doesn't God take care of them? Can't we learn from them? And that's a biblical example. See, when you know the truth, and when you go out there and you see that bird, you're amazed that God takes care of that. But when you don't know the truth, it's just something out there. So God is placing this truth for us to understand. Doesn't God want to take care of us today for my present need? He already knows the need. He wants to do it today. Not for us to think only about the future. He wants to do it today. I heard this quote this weekend says, Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. But today is cash on hand. That's the day we have today. See, for us it's hard to understand this. Exodus 16, you know the story real quick. Uh, People of Israel are in the desert and they're crying out, Oh, if we could go back to Egypt. There was so much. uh, The cucumbers and the salad and and all the food we got. And God said, okay, you want food? This is what's going to happen. You're going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to go out there and there's going to be something for you. And they go out there and they found this word, they call it manna. It it actually in Hebrew means, what is it? It's like this bread who has everything they need. And and then God said, you will go for six days. You go and only get enough for that one day. On the sixth day, you just gather for two days. So you keep the Sabbath. And the Bible says that those who gather extra, they lost what they had. And the ones who collected what only what they collected, they had enough. The Jewish community got that daily meal. They got it because they got to experience that not one time, not twice, not three times, but day in, day out. For you and for me, it's, it's a little different because we don't, we don't realize that concept because sometimes the paycheck comes maybe every 15 days, once a month. But let me tell you, when you live paycheck, paycheck or when things are tight and you experience God's provision on that one day you realize God is good he knows about my need that specific day think about this Psalms 118 verse 25 and 26 I have been young now I'm old yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread he's ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Now, I'm not that old. I am a little old, but I'm not that People, killer kids call me sir, so I'm old enough. But I'm not that old. And if you come to house of prayer, and when they open up the mic, and for you to praise God, so many of us can testify how God provided simple little things for that day. And big, huge things for moments that we need that. Maybe you woke up today... Or this week, or one of these days, and uh, you have some bad news, or something was missing. How can we how can we relate to this? And in read Psalms one eighteen, it says, "This is the day the Lord has made; I will rejoice and be glad in Him." How can we relate to that? Well, I heard this one quote that a person told me probably four or five years ago that completely changed my perspective about. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice in it because this day does not carry good feelings or good news. I'm actually worrying. I'm hurting. And he said, when you woke up this morning, God knew that you were going to go through this this day. He already knew. He designed it. And if he's letting go through that, he will provide for you this day. My dear friend, when you woke up this morning, God knew you were going to get that phone call, that email, 
that hurting situation. And he has made that day so we can learn to depend on him as our heavenly father. You know, you don't have to go to four Lamentations 3. We were just saying about your mercies are new every day. Your mercies are new every day. Maybe you know or maybe you don't know the name of Thomas Chrisholm. He was born in 1866 in Franklin, Kentucky. He never finished high school nor had college education. But he became a school teacher. And he loved it so much that he became a minister. And through that experience, Thomas Chrisholm, I did not know his name. You might not know who he is, but you know what he wrote. Because when in the, it was the year 1923, he wrote a, poem, a few poems about his life. Based out of Lamentations 3.23, says, Your mercies are new every day. And he sent it to a music writer in Chicago. And the students at Moody Bible Institute started singing this hymn and this song. And it was Billy Graham who heard about it. And in his first crusade in the 50s, he took it to Great Britain. And people love it. And to this day, we've been singing, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, your mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. And we can sing it, not just because it's a poem, but we can sing it because it's a testimony to our lives that God is faithful, God has been faithful, and he will be faithful in our lives. Praise him for that this morning. So what do I do with that? Well, tomorrow morning, when you wake up, you say, God, give me this day. Give us this day, this day, what our daily bread. And third, the third aspect from God's side is God always delivers exactly what we need. He delights in our ask. He likes for us to depend us, independence, but he always delivers exactly what we need. Warren Worsby said it this way. Bread represents all that we need to sustain life as we serve the Lord. See, the part of asking for bread, uh, it's, it's, it's that we rush to that part because the part of asking is the benefit that we got, right? We rush through the praise so we can get to the asking because that's, that's the one thing we need. But don't rush through there because as we acknowledge God in our lives, as we praise God, as we ask for his will to be done, we realize by the time of asking, we might be asking for something we don't really need because sometimes we need something we don't ask for. For instance, my little son, he misbehaves. He, didn't ask, he does not ask for a spanking, but he needs a spanking. And I gave it to him. He's not asking for that. But that daily bread, that bread, we don't, get that, we don't fully get that concept of bread, fresh bread. I mean, grow up, you know, growing up in Argentina, we got the bread stores. I didn't go the other day, but if you want a fresh bread, that's where we go. The Jewish community, man, they depend on the rain, on harvesting, on, on, on working on that bread and having it fresh for that day. Give us this day our daily bread. We don't get it, and this is how much we don't get it. This morning, maybe you did this, maybe not, I did. I went to your fridge, to the freezer. I got something, it was frozen. I defrosted it, put it in a toaster, and I ate it. It was not bad, but it was not fresh. See, I'm, I'm here with my father who's here. He's for a season of life in, living in, in uh, New Parichi, carrying on some ministry. And on the way here, he wanted to stop for donuts. If you want to make my father happy, you got to stay around donuts and ice cream, okay? So we stopped in the magical place of Dunkin' Donuts. And when you walk in there, it says, I want some donuts, sir. 
And they're like, okay, we got some fresh. No, 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 no. We didn't say, hey, last Wednesday I was here. Donuts were great. Do you have any leftovers from the Wednesday donuts? They're like, no. I want to talk to a manager. I want the donuts from Wednesday because they were great. They grow old. Now, the ones you had a better idea of this was Krispy Kreme, right? They have that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They have that light, and they don't just make it fresh. When they turn out that light, which is magical, people make U-turns. People, like, have parking speeds. They break every law just to make it there because you want it fresh. There's something that makes it different. And that's what God delivers to us. Not something frozen for the rest of the week or for the month or for the moment of retirement. He wants to provide something for this day. Fresh. It's special. And it's so simple. And it's so normal that I can pray to God for bread. I can pray to God for a meal. We usually thank God for a meal. But this is not only about a meal. It's about everything in life. About what? What I need, what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear. But that does not need to worry me because we already saw that, hey, seek first the kingdom of God. But what about this idea about receiving first king? Think about this. First king 17. Elijah was out there in the desert. And the Bible says that the ravens were delivering him bread and meat twice a day. And the Bible says, doesn't say that Elijah woke up and said, man, are they, are they going to show up today? He was just there depending. And God provides not only for our bodies, but he provides for our soul. He created you. He created me. He knows your needs. He knows if we hurt. He knows if we're going through pain in the soul. That's why we already saw God restores my soul. Psalms 3, you restore my soul. You provide for that, God. You know what? When I came to this and I was struggling about something, and I, and I read one of, one of the commentaries that, that actually hit it right in the dot because I was thinking, when I pray for bread, you just got to acknowledge that yesterday there were millions of people who did not have a piece of bread or a meal. You got to realize that today, as we say, God give us this daily bread, there's people in this world who are not going to have a, a meal, a piece of bread. How, how, do, how do I manage that? And this is a part. Because we live in a broken world. A people in authority. Sinful people who are corrupt, poor managers, who have done in years, years have managed a country in such a poor way. They don't have the resources. They steal, they keep families, they're fighting, and all that. It's a broken world that we live in. But here's the thing. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread. God gives us something so we can pray for someone else, but we can actually give to someone else. We can pray for the hungry, and we can pray with the hungry. How do we do that? You heard it. When we are giving to the Unified Missions Fund, things are being changed. Pastor Leo, last week in staff meeting, without knowing that we're going to be probably preaching about this, he shared that in the 
calendar, school calendar year for 2021, 2022, they're going to be 1,750 meals provided for families. Did you know that in Six Mile, people are given up to 700 meals on Fridays? Praise God for that. Did you know that in Lake Carroll, we're partnering with Lake Mac School and Carroll Elementary School to provide for families. We cannot do it all, but we are doing something because we care about the ones and we pray and we give. And that's the part that God uses us to change someone else. And they realize, God is taking care of me. Maybe that's your God who takes more of a meal. He takes care of my soul. Think about this. Psalms 37, we said, we have not seen when the righteous live, he has not seen anyone begging for bread. Think about Philippians 4. This is an interesting verse. Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply every need of yours. That would be great if we put a dot there, right? Any need. I'm like, man, I need this. I need that. Here's a part that is a blessed part. According to his riches... In glory in Christ Jesus. According to his riches in Christ Jesus for his glory. That's the difference. We don't ask for a greed. We ask for a need. That's when we say, God, this is what I feel. This is my need today. God, I need strength to make it one more day. I need that extra patience if you're a school teacher to make it in that class. I need wisdom to make this business decision. I need guidance, how to have that tough conversation with a family member. I need strength, peace, hope, all that. And God gives us this day in a fresh way. He gives us his grace for us to realize he delights when we ask. He, he desires that daily dependence. And he gives us and he delivers Everything exactly according to what we need. See, you might be thinking, maybe you're in here, you've been visiting a church for several weeks, or maybe this is your first time here. And you're thinking, well, if God, according to Philippians, if he supplies all my needs, maybe you're thinking this morning, well, I like that part. I mean, it's pretty cool to have a God that if I ask him, he supplies for my needs. I don't have to worry. I, so, but I want the receiving part of God, but I don't want to have something to do with God. I'm not into organized religion. I know other people who are churchgoers and, and all that. I, I just want the part that God gives me because that's what I actually need and actually that part I care. Well, my friend, you're not the first one who has had that thought. You're not the first one who has dealt with that. Actually... You know what? If you go to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, after feeding the, the 5,000, after God taking care of the soul and the body, he, he cared that they were hungry. He realized they were hungry. He provided a meal for 5,000 men and women and children, and they were left over. Jesus walks on water, and they're looking for Jesus. Hey, where did he go? And they, they, they try to find Jesus, and, they, and the Bible says they were seeking for Jesus. You're like, wow, that's good. People want to be with Jesus. But when they got there and they said, God, what, what's, Jesus, what's going on? He says, God gives you every bread, and he provides for you things. And he gets to that verse right there in verse 34. That he says, sir, he said to him, that people say to him, sir, Give us this bread always. Give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, 
I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. What is Jesus saying in here? See, they were saying, Lord, give us. We, we want that bread. The one you said, the, the one we're not going to be ever hungry again. We want it. And Jesus is saying, you know what? You're getting something wrong here. This is not the bread you want, although it fulfills you for a moment. This is what you need. I am the bread of life. What the Lord Jesus Christ is telling to you this morning is, Jesus not only wants you to meet your daily needs, he wants to be all you need. Let me say that again. Jesus not only wants to meet your daily needs, he wants to be all you ever need. If you're only looking for a God who gives you only that meal, only that bread, the car, a paycheck, that's not the kind of God. He can give you that. He has that power, but that's temporary. There's something greater and bigger in our soul, which is eternal life. And we need it from him. And God says, I'm the bread of life. If you only believe, you never go hungry again. In your soul, you never go hungry again. The Bible says that after those episodes, some people start following in him. Because they only care about the earthly things. But those who believe in him, who believe in the name of Jesus, he gave them the right to become sons and daughters of God. Where are you standing today? If you only care about the things that God can give you, you're going to worry. You're going to wait. He might not answer. You're going to make it. But if you want to strive in life, if you want to have that purpose, if you want to find the eternal life, God stands here today saying, in my son Jesus, I gave you all. If you only believe that Jesus is my son, that he died in the cross to pay that penalty that no one else could pay for you. If you believe in him and that he rose from the dead, you will have eternal life. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, to bow your heads. We want to conclude in prayer. And I want to let you know, if you have never asked Jesus to save you, if you have never taken, if you've been searching for things in this life, in this world, this is your opportunity this morning to trust in Jesus, to place your faith in Jesus, to ask him for the first time to save you. And you can do that on your own. If you've never done it, I want to pray with you, and this is how you can pray. Maybe you don't know how to pray this. You can say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. And now I believe that you rose from the dead. I admit, I recognize, I confess that I'm a sinner and I in need of you as a savior. Pray this way. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Make me your son. I trust and believe in you as my personal Savior. If that's your case, my friend, I want to tell you at the end of the service, I'm going to be standing here up front. And I want to shake your hand. And all you need to say is, today, I believe in Jesus. Today, I'm accepting that bread of life in my life.
But to the ones of us who are here every week, if you're a Christ follower, I want to give you a few moments for you to pray with God and to say, God, this is what I need today. Give us our daily bread. Provide for our families. Provide for this church. And why not depend on Him? Not only in your thoughts, but in your prayer life. He wants to spend time with us. He wants us to come before Him. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful, Lord, because You are the provider. You're the source of our strength. You're the one who gives us a mercy every day, Lord. I pray that you will provide for our needs. I pray, Lord, that in this relationship that we have with you, that we will grow in it, make it more intimate. Acknowledge, Lord, that we need of you every day. We need of you, Lord. Lord, you're the bread of life. Allow us to share and share and talk about the bread of life to others. We want to glorify your name as you provide us and we provide to others. Lord, teach us how to pray. Every time that we pray, as a Father, you're in heaven, that your name will be glorified. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I pray, give us this day our daily bread, what we need for the hurting one out there, for the one who's looking for a job, for the one who's in trouble. Give him peace, Lord. Give him hope. Give him the strength, the resources, the people around them so we can make it another day and give you the glory for that. Lord, deliver us from evil. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.